Hi, I'm Parker. And I'm Chelsea. And we're from New York Toy Collective. And you're listening to Massocats. Hello again, and welcome. I'm hoping to get one more episode out this year. This is a dramatic change from when I used to do it to a month, but, you know, nevertheless. Um, so two more, hopefully this year, and this one is uh, is really good. Well, they're all really good, let's be honest, but this one, uh, one of the more frequent guests on the podcast, uh, and she's back. It's Ferns, who uh, I'm sure you've heard before on this podcast. If you haven't, go back and listen to previous episodes. Uh, she also has her own podcast called Dom Chronicles, same name as her very popular blog, uh, she's an author, writes books on Amazon. Links to all those things in the show notes of this episode. So, without further ado, here's Ferns. Welcome back. It is, uh, what, Saturday morning where you are right now? It is Saturday morning, yes. And I just saw you tweeted uh, that you have champagne, you're drinking champagne, and uh, you're eating strawberries during the interview. As, as one does. Right. I think that's you got that in the green room here uh, for every episode. I did. Thank you so much. You look yeah. after your guests. It's fabulous. Yes. Everyone gets that. And I assume you got the gift bag. Yeah, yeah, I did. All I'm the sure. goodies. Should be good. Um, All the thousands of dollars worth of goodies. You, I, so I, it's funny because I jumped, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't read as many blogs as I used to. Uh, and it, it had been a couple, maybe a month or so since I last jumped in and saw yours. Uh, I only follow maybe just a, a handful of them. And uh, I was like, oh, before the interview, I'm going to jump on Ferns' website. And I'm going to check out what's been going on with Ferns since the last time I read uh, her website. And the first thing you saying is, bam, naked photo. <laughs> My birthday nude. Yeah, that's right. I forgot you do a birthday naked photo. Birthday nude. I do. Sorry. Once a year. Once a year. Very special. Is, is this because uh, you don't get enough creepy emails? <laughs> it's because there's a few reasons. But the main one is, I think, because as a woman of a certain age, um, I just want to say, fuck you. <laughs> You're just you're strutting your stuff. That's it. That's it. But I don't want to make it a regular thing because that's not what I do. So it, as a tradition, it's the once yearly check in. Look, here I am, and I am phenomenal, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> do do you take requests for the like? Do you, do you, do people like make suggestions? Oh shit, no. Oh, can you imagine? No. So you don't you don't open the door for no. for you know you you don't say hey any suggestions for the birthday no. nude this year no. that would be crazy of course what not. you should do is, is you should actually do you should actually maybe for one birthday whatever birthday that is you'd go all right I'm going to take suggestions and the funniest one is what I'm the one I'm going to do the one I <laughs> deem is funny the most funny plausible one right are you are you telling me what I should do with my birthday nudes acts. I am telling you what to do with your body. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because this sounds like something you would have a lot of fun with. 
you know, no, if you, actually, you, like, let me tell you funniest. this. You said the it's, funniest one, not the perviest one. No, right? no. And the reason is this. I, I actually don't like doing them much because I'm not, this is not what I do. And it's actually, I was very surprised because I thought, oh, this year I'm not going to be bothered doing it because it's so much work. It's just, I'm not a photographer. I don't have any setup. I don't have a camera. I don't have a selfie stick. I don't have a tripod. I don't have anything. So I take it on my iPhone, right? So if I get a shot that is actually something I like, I'm over the moon and that's it, I'm done. <laughs> because that shit is hard. Those women and men, but I see it mostly with women, who take shots week after week, like who do weekly shots, mm-hmm. I am in awe of how they do that because not only do they take the shot, they edit it, they take however many to get one they're happy with and they are glorious and fabulous all, always and I'm in awe of it because I take one a year and every time I'm like, oh, it's so much work. <laughs> and I got lucky this year, I don't know. I, I like to think it's because I'm fabulous but it's really not. What? I just People got up really in the check. morning and I saw the morning light and I went, going to take a few shots and I did two mornings in a row and the second morning that was the shot and I went that's it I'm done well it was really amazing because uh for those people who haven't seen the photo yet I don't know how you got into Buckingham Palace uh (laughs) uh Plus, I don't know how you got all that jello into Buckingham Palace. And the, the custard uh, the custard was the hardest thing because custard I, yeah, probably. you have to buy a lot and it's very right. messy. I'm surprised I'm surprised they didn't just provide it. <laughs> That's uh, right. I should have I should have asked Lizzie. I should have asked Lizzie to, to provide well, yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good promotion for the palace. Right? Right? It's a good promotion. I know. That's Maybe exactly people right. people will be like, oh wow, let's go. Visit that room. Go to that place with that, with that 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 building where the naked lady was. Oh, and isn't there a queen who lives there too? Yeah, I don't know about that, but the naked lady was there. <laughs> That's exactly um, right. Well, there you go. Well, what's good, the thing is, I I, and this is not meant as an insult. Oh, uh, this is this I, is like for- this is like I'm not racist, but I for no no I forget <laughs> about the birthday nude. I forget about the I forget I forget that the birthday nude happens this time of year. Oh, right. I I I know that the birthday nude happened, <clears throat> uh, but um, but when it happens, you're like, oh yeah, hey, <laughs> it's Fern's birthday. I think everybody forgets. It's a long time, especially in internet time. It's like a hundred years in internet time. That's true. Yes, that's right. Mm. And, and the fact that your blog is still going strong, um, there's a shock to everybody, you, including me. Well, just because because so many people. I mean, I I used to blog, and I, it's still there, <gasps> but I really don't. Is it update still it much. there? I swear I looked the other day and it was gone. Did you pay? Well, Did okay. you pay for it? Actually, uh, let me check. Are you checking it's, it now? Uh, I was doing an update. Yeah, no, it's there. Okay. I'm looking at it. Maybe there were, maybe I had a glitch because I went there I had a, and I had a problem seeing it. I There was about a week and a half where I was <gasps> upgrading the server. Oh, so. maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. What, the, what was bizarre is someone emailed me like, Two hours into it, and said, "Where's your blog?" Yeah, I was like, "What the hell?" I was just. So you, you think nobody like looks? But we look. We're waiting. We're waiting for you to get back on it. Get just back on it, X. Sit there and just hit refresh. That's just right. hit refresh. That's, right. That's all you do all day is just hit refresh. That's right. Years is it updated? That's right. Just waiting. Right. Come on uh, now. I, You've I got am, to get I, on that. I, I do actually have quite a few po- like drafts that I've written. We'll fucking post them. 
And I actually have I have one in particular that uh, that recently happened that I'll ask you about later. Mm-hmm. Oh, but good. right now let's talk let's talk about you. Um, you actually went on like a vanilla date <gasps> or dates. I went on a few vanilla dates. So t- t- what was that? Just because you were like, because you, you also have written about how you you will go in waves when you're looking for a submissive partner. You'll be like, search, 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 and then you're like, fuck this. And then you'll just take a break. Yes. I I get very tired. It's exhausting. And um, I have been on a vanilla dating site for quite a while and I periodically go on there and I see what's going on. And I, I kind of do the same with BDSM sites. But the whole process is exhausting. You are lucky. You do not have to do that anymore. <laughs> uh, I, I do go on them. Yes, but presumably you're not looking for a primary partner for yourself for you have one. Correct, yes. correct. It's a different thing. Yours is a leisure activity. This is true. This is true. I, I, I was trying to be like empathetic, show solidarity, yeah, but it, I just became an asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. I'm married to the love of my life. I can understand exactly what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I do, I have gone on some vanilla dates and I, one of the reasons for that is because vanilla men are much easier, I think, in terms of trying to just figure out what they're after or what they think or what they're after because there's no layers of, of, and I, I want to say BDSM fantasy, which maybe is accurate. There's no layers right. of that to work through. Vanilla men either want, you know, hook up or they want a relationship. It's not very complicated. So right. they don't have elaborate scenes that they've played out in their no, heads for years. Exactly. And they don't and they have experience with vanilla relationships at my age, you know, looking around my sure. age, they have experience with vanilla relationships, they know what women are like. They've talked to women before. It's awesome. Um, whereas in the BDSM world, there's a lot of inexperienced men at this age and they've never talked to a dominant woman and they've never had a DS relationship and that's a whole bunch of layers of sort of things that you have to trawl through to get to the guts of what's going on there. So, yes, I I went on some vanilla dates and and I'm currently trying to figure out the best way to not introduce femdom. I think that's easy actually. But to talk about ten years worth of femdom content and books and a podcast out on the internet, right. and that is hard. So have you have you had the femdom talk? Yeah, at I all? have. I I've, I had it with um, the man I called my gentleman on the blog, and we went on mm-hmm. three or four dates. And I told, and I had. So what I I did twice I think and I did with him was to say I write and I say that I talk about relationships in my writing and I'm not ready to share that because it's very personal and that's okay as far as it goes but eventually I'm going to have to tell them and the thing the thing that is difficult with vanilla dating is that actually I think I can develop the kind of relationship I want or 80% of it with a good vanilla man but the con the the what do you do question involves revealing that I have this content, that I write these books, that I have this podcast, all that sort of stuff. And 
Now, I want to stress, I'm, I'm going to be asking you questions that I, I know the answer to because I've read a mm. lot, right? But but the, the people listening may yeah. not have. Yeah, no, no, but, that's fair. So, so you're, you're presuming that it's going to get to a point where you have to tell about this that's because right. it's going... That's right. right. And so I've tried two things so far, really, in, in yeah. testing this out. And the first one, I waited till date three or four and at the point where I was ready to talk to him about it, he went, oh, I've met someone else and it's going swimmingly, so this is not a happening thing and that was fine. So I didn't... Mm-hmm. have to do that thing. The second one, he was a, an arty musician type and very open and I told him on the first date. So trying out different things. So how did that go? Um, how did that go? He he was curious, intrigued. He Well, like how did you say it? Um, how do you how do you say So the way it comes up is they ask what I do. And even right. even though that's not what I do for a living, that is what I do, right? So I spend a lot of time with right. my FetLife group and with my blog and with my podcast and with my kinky Twitter and all that sort of business. So if I don't yeah. if I don't say this is what I do all day, I'm I'm left with saying I don't do anything all day. <laughs> That's right. just weird, right? Right. So right. the way the way it came up was he asked, you know, so what is it you do? And I said, I write. And then I explained that I have a lot of femdom content. And then he asked questions about what that was and what it was about and what it means. And then it went into what I'm looking for. And there are some things that I do not have good answers for. So I need to work on that. You're skipping over a lot of detail. Maybe you don't feel comfortable, right? You're skipping over a lot of details of like, yes, well, what is that like? And then, but I'm sure there is someone listening right now, a dominant male or female, who wants to know how that conversation well, went. Well, let, let right? me say this. There is a huge chasm of difference between being a dominant woman and dating and being a dominant woman who has 10 years worth of content and books and podcasts out there about femdom. Right. So, no, I totally so agree. So when you say, I totally... I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who want to know, it's irrelevant to them, honestly. You know what I mean? Well, but, but but they want to know how the, the bringing up of the kink But that's itself, how it went. That's what I'm saying. You're... That's how it went. He said, so what do you do? And oh, I okay. said, okay. I write. And then he said, what do you write about? And I said, I write a lot of... Femdom content about BDSM, about relationships, about da, 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 da. so that's exactly how it went. I'm not hiding anything. So it was. Okay. It was. What are you? Yeah, what are you right, covering up? Right. What is your secret? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so when we had that conversation, it's it's kind of a different introduction to it because it is almost academic. You know what I mean? So I can talk right. about that right. thing that I do which is quite different from what are you looking for from a relationship, though the two are related, but you know what I mean? So when I talk about it in that sense, it's not a personal thing. I say, what do I, you know, what do you do? I do this. These are the things I do. And then that naturally segues into, so what are you looking for? And the difficulty with that is that I'm not looking to convert a vanilla man. That is not a thing that I'm after. My history is successful relationships with vanilla men who are natural pleasers. 
And if I didn't have to say I have this femdom content, I honestly believe that I could um, go on some dates with a vanilla man who likes me and who is a good man and who is a pleaser and get him to 80% of what I want without before I even have the, the DS conversation. So by the time I then get to a, a conversation about um, any kind of femdom or BDSM or kink or any of that, he's already comfortable with me and enjoys how we relate. But the content right. gets in the way of that because I either say it out loud and then I can't back away from it. I can't say, but I'm not looking for you to be submissive in that sense. I can't say that because it's not believable. Right. Um, right. So it's a much more confronting thing. So with the, the guy who I told on the first date, I invited him for a second date because he got along well. I liked him. Kissing was amazing and I had a really good feeling about him, but I'm very fickle. So that feeling dissipated very quickly and did he no, say he something say, did he do he something he didn't say but... anything he didn't do anything what what he didn't do though was he didn't enthusiastically follow up so that gave me you know a lot of space for this thing to just dissipate and i debated whether to ask him out again but i thought you know i liked him i should make an effort because i'm very introverted and it is work to make that effort it's also possible he was intimidated or just was he thought, well, if she likes yes, me, she'll contact yes. me. Yes, and I did right? think that because I was very forthright and upfront and I think he may have thought that. And I did contact him and I said, look, I really enjoyed our date. I'd really like to see you again. And then he essentially asked me to convince him that the femdom thing was going to be okay. And then I was just like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. And what do you mean? Be so okay? he, he essentially said, and I can't remember the wording, but the, the gist of it was um, convince me that you are going, and convince is the wrong word. So what it was, um, make me understand how this is going to work with the femdom thing. So he didn't say convince me in those words, but what he was actually saying was convince me that this thing is going to work and how it's going to work so that I think you're worth trying this. And that was not going to happen. Yeah. Of course. So I didn't do that. (laughs) And it's, yeah. You know, who knows what happened, you know, who knows what happened. Maybe he went home and he started looking at femdom porn and was this like, not, yeah. all right, yeah. I'm going to need, right. So who knows what, yeah. what, what and happened. I think, right? I think it was actually a reasonable thing to ask. But for me, if he was genuinely interested, which I think he was on the, the you know, I think he was, nah about it really pretty much i think if if he was genuinely interested he would have said love to go on another date and then on the date we talk about it not via text where i invite him and he goes convince me i'm just like no that's not interest right that's me trying to coerce someone into going out with me and that's never going to happen 
Maybe it was this fantasy all along. And when he said, convince me, he, he was hoping you were going to say, listen, worm. <laughs> yeah, he was doing the make me. No, make me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, so that didn't happen. And the, I mean, I think I haven't been on that vanilla dating site since then. And I hate the way it works. I hate the way all these dating sites work. Um, so I, I think I have something like 400 likes of men who have liked me and I have a whole bunch of messages. But the way these sites work now is that you can't just go to your inbox and look at messages. It's like that whole Tinder thing where you have to trawl through profiles and you have to like them back before you can see their message. And it's just like, honestly, I would much rather go through an inbox and see who has written me something funny and clever and interesting and that I want to talk to more this versus going through profiles which is the most superficial way of looking at people and I hate it so right. I haven't been on there it's work I, I don't want to because I, I know uh people who I could say this to and they'll they'll understand that I just mean it as a hypothetical not that I think that mm-hmm. they would right I know mm-hmm. other people who, if I had suggested this, they would punch me in the face as soon as I suggested. Okay, well, I can't punch you in the face, so you're safe. Right. Well, you've got eyes and ears all over the world. <laughs> I will send someone to your house. Right. You're like to massaged. punch you in the face. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, I I know uh, people who are dominant who, for whatever reason, had difficult times finding someone that was submissive, but they did find people that they clicked with who were dominant and then they would either just get a, depending on their, like in some cases they'd say, all right, and then we'll get <clears throat> submissives to play with, you know, to get yep. that needs great. And, you know, either we will play, some of them play separately. So they'll play mm-hmm. completely or, and some of them pick someone that they, they both like, right. Or, yep. or several people that they both like. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, has that been something that you've ever considered or are you, is no. it? No, no, I have no energy for people. <laughs> so finding one, pers- <laughs> finding one person that I want to expend my mo- emotional energy on is difficult enough. Right. Finding one and then finding another is inconceivable. Right. Absolutely inconceivable. I just want to hunker down with that person who fits me and that person is ideally a submissive or if not a submissive then submissive leaning vanilla uh you said you think you could get an, a, a a vanilla guy 80 percent there yes what's the 20 percent that's left like, my what is that what does that in, what, is, what does that entail i mean what is that 20 what do you think that 20 percent is is missing the the 20 percent is Explicitly agreed power exchange where there is an obedience dynamic. I think that's very difficult. And the reason is because it's inherently unfair unless you're submissively wired. Right. So I don't, I know some people have um, uncovered, say, latent submissiveness or dominance in you know, vanilla presenting people, and I think that's exceedingly rare. But there is a certain point to which vanilla people will happily go 
I say vanilla men, I don't know about vanilla women or non-binary folks or whatever, I, I suspect it's the same. But as a woman, I have experience with vanilla men who will get to a certain point. But if I ever said to them, this is how I want the relationship to work, the difference is they are pleasers and they will do things to please you because it makes you happy and seeing you happy makes them happy, which is awesome, right? Yeah. So that's the, that's the 80%. The 20% is where I say, okay, and you're being very sweet to me, but if I want you to do that sweet thing, I'm going to tell you and I expect you to do it. Right. <laughs> and that does not fly with vanilla men. Right. So they will get you 10 cups of tea because you they know you like it. You don't even have to ask. You know, they just said, do you want a cup of tea? Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. But if... On the 11th time, you say, I want a cup of tea and they've just got you 10 cups of tea and they're sitting there watching TV. They will think that is unreasonable and that is absolutely 100% fair. Right. Or, or if you said, I want this tea at exactly this time. Every day. And if not, I'm going to be fucking mad about it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's the 20%. It's uh, so it's less about the like oh they wouldn't they probably wouldn't do this kink act. It's less about that. It's more about no. a vanilla guy. It wouldn't be the full power exchange. That's exactly right. And I think for uh, I mean most vanilla men will be happy for kink light. And I don't have fetishes. So the thing that I miss about kink acts is that for. Submissive men with kinks, that's an avenue to vulnerability. And I think that has immense value. So I, I, know, I, what you, I know what you mean, but can you give me like an example? Like if you have a, um, a foot fetishist and you play with that kink with them, they are offering up their openness, I think, in revealing that, in indulging it, and there is intense in, uh, vulnerability in them doing that. So it is their inner core. This is how they feel. This is how they, something they can't even explain themselves, how it manifests. And playing with that gives you access to that vulnerability in all sorts of ways. And it's the same with a masochist or it's the same with any kind of, kink that you can play with that accesses that core of somebody. And I think some are more intense than others. So my last submissive was a, a masochist. And if I tapped into that, he was gone. He was lost. And it was intensely intimate to have access to that. Right. And I think from a, a kink perspective, that is the thing that I would miss most because if you if you play with kinks with vanilla men, they will indulge and they will do it and that's fine, but they don't feel that. So I think for me that's the thing. For them it's, a, for them it's, just, it's just fun sex. A vanilla yes. guy, it's, it's more like, oh, fun sex that we're doing. But what you're saying with a submissive, it is, it is something that's the core of their be <laughs> Excuse me. I get a little choked up when I talk about it. Um, <laughs> 
for them, it's like you're getting, like you said, they're getting at the core of their being type of thing. Yes. Do you feel right. that as a submissive? I mean, it's, uh, yes. I mean, so, so this is, uh, you know, I've definitely, uh, noticed things, are, you know, I, I think I, it was, it was more stark when I first got into a serious relationship with a dominant mm-hmm. that I noticed a dramatic difference because I was still, you know, before she and I got together, I was still having a ton of casual vanilla sex everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Because everywhere, I was not, slut. I, I, I totally was right. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, what I found was that, um, Oh, um, for me, it was sort of similar, but what happened was, is I was like, you know, because I wasn't getting an outlet for the kink, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that with vanilla women, there were things I could do that ki- kind of scratched that, right? Right. Like, um, what? You want me to come over and just give you oral? Well, I don't know, you know. <laughs> or you know, and, what I mean, you know what I'm saying? But, but let me you know, ask you this then: as a, if they were vanilla did it and now that you know different did it did it feel the same like because you were not getting a dominant energy out of that you were getting well it was it was like uh the difference is is i would go above and beyond to please them right yep i was a very generous lover is what i'm saying all right i hear you um um that was supposed to in, 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 you know, bring a laugh the way I said that, but apparently no, not. no. Um, uh, so I would do, I would do whatever, right? And I was also, you know, go the extra mile, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't know why I was doing it, right? Yes. Uh, and there's a dramatic difference when someone knows that you're giving yourself to them, right? Yes, yes. Um, as opposed to. Um, just being a really fun guy. Yes. Or a caring person. Or, yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and um, I remember, like, there was one person who I dated, and um, I told her early on that, like, our first date, like, mm-hmm. that I was this way. And she was really interested in it, but she was she really enjoyed the giving nature, and mm-hmm. she really enjoyed the, uh, you know, uh, do whatever at the drop of a hat, mm-hmm. but it wasn't part of her, right? Yes. Uh, she wasn't interested in like the bondage and all that other stuff. And and so she knew it wasn't the thing, but we got along really well and the sex was really good. Um, uh, but of course the, the problem was, you know, there was that whole other part missing. And I seriously considered, I thought this is the, this is someone who at least accepts me for who I am, even though they don't know, even though they have no interest in doing the other kinky stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I seriously considered because I was like, this is the closest thing I'll probably find, right? Right. Um, and I felt really bad because we got along really well, but it just I just couldn't do it because yes. I would always wonder in the back of my mind, right? Yeah. And uh, we even talked about like, what if I met someone for non-sexual play, you know, non-directly sexual play? You know, mm-hmm. we talked about that. And and um, yeah, and she was great. And she was, you know, and I still know her. We still, our paths cross and we still get on great. Um, but it would, you know, it's just not the same, right? Yes. No, I agree. Um, uh, but, you know, what I found afterwards, it was like, holy shit, this is very different when the person is, knows what it's all about, right? right. When the person, when you're speaking the same language, right? Yes. Yes, exactly like, that. Yeah. 
and they acknowledge what you are doing and they accept it from a position of the compliment. Yes. Right. Now, I ever, like, I'll give you an example. Like every night um, we have like a series of things we do before she, I, I'm usually up like two hours later than she is mm-hmm. because I'm working and shit. But every night when she goes to bed, we have a series of things we do. Right. right? And, what? Uh, are you going to tell me? Oh, oh, well, well like, uh, uh, um, uh, I'll make her tea. I'll have to ask her. I, I'm going to say, I'll tell you, but I'm going to have to ask her before she allows me to you know, include this on the episode. Of so course, some yes. people, some, some people, so when I'm done, mm-hmm. when I'm done explaining it, just sound shocked. <laughs> just, just in case you what? It what? Every single night? Are you kidding me? Right. Okay. Got it. Is, is that, a, that's superhuman. So, so uh, I'll make her tea. Um, and it's a, it's a, could be a different tea every night. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, um, uh, I'll make her an ice water. I'll get her like a vitamin, uh, you know, uh, I'll, and then, and then to end the night, uh, I'll, we have several different, like, like she, she, like if she takes a shower, her skin will get a little dry. Mm-hmm. Right. And she, she'll itch your legs. And so I will put lotion on her legs and then that's it for the night. Right. <laughs> Um, you don't every night I, yes i know <laughs> that's amazing i know it is pretty amazing i you know i don't want to brag a lot of people couldn't do that no but they couldn't that's just what happens they when you could... have the strength of 10 men right absolutely <laughs> but the thing is is when we're doing this when mm-hmm. we're going through this thing every night mm-hmm. uh, uh we both know what's going on right? yes we don't say this is what's going on but we both know what's going on yes um, and I could easily do that for a vanilla person, but she wouldn't know what's going on. She'd think, oh, he's really attentive, right? Yes. But because we're, we are we speak the same language, it doesn't have to be said. We know what's going on, right? Yes, it is a very different thing. And I think part of the thing with um, vanilla relationships in someone doing those kinds of things is that it is a favor. You know what I mean? Right. That this nicety is a favor I'm doing you. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's lovely, but it's not the same thing. Right. And that favor can be withdrawn anytime. If you don't feel like it, you're a bit tired. Da, 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 da. I've also heard, and I don't, this is obviously I'm stereotyping here, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, and this is just from like tendenti- tendentially what I've heard and an example I've seen and people talking about it, you know, in different places is that um, it is conceivably a little easier for a, and again, this is totally stereotype and it's just from secondhand stuff I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little easier to get a guy to go along with being submissive than to get a vanilla girl to go along with being submissive when i say submissive i mean like specific act like if if they don't have normally have interest in it right oh that's interesting and the explanation i've heard from the dominant one who said this is that you can get a guy horny enough to uh to do a lot of things when you say things do you mean kinky things in the bedroom what do you mean yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the I'm talking about oh, the kink okay. acts, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that you can, you know. Um, whereas if if it's just that we're dumber, guys are dumber, right? We're just like 
Oh, if I do this, then I get to have an orgasm. Okay, oh. sure. I'll put my head. See, I'll put I, my head in this vice. So I think I wouldn't have said dumber at all or hornier. What I would have said is, I'm not saying hornier. I'm saying you can probably get them to do more. Yeah, no, I don't. Well, like, I so I think I I have never given one second of thought to the submissive women thing. So I'm going to put that aside. But for men, there's no downsides to kinky sex. Come on, <laughs> like I don't I don't think it has anything to do with oh make them so horny they'll do it. It's just they'll do it because awesome. <laughs> Right. right, right. So I'm, I think in the bedroom, men will go for all sorts of shit because, hey, this is fun and awesome and sexy. And a lot of men very much like it when women go, hey, let's do this this sexy thing. It's right. easy. Like, seriously, it's easy. Unless you're getting to the edgy side of thing like you want to do needles that's out <laughs> right right no right. vanilla man is right. going to go oh that sounds sexy <laughs> right but if right. you're talking about tying some dude up or doing some um tease and denial which like it's all just stuff that in my mind vanilla women who are a bit adventurous would do anyway i think when you get to the right. edgy stuff you're going to get a big flat no that's not happening right but be my sex slave for the night I do not know a single vanilla man who likes a woman who will go, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's- you, you, so your, your game plan is maybe just say that every single night. <laughs> Without them realizing that there's no other option. <laughs> Man, it's been like, it's been 15 years and I just realized something. <laughs> that is entirely my strategy. I'm starting to notice a pattern yeah, really. here. <laughs> Did you not just say men are dumb? <laughs> Right, but yeah, I think I think um, I think it's it's certainly very easy to get any men, vanilla men, to do kink light. And when I was vanilla, which, and when I say vanilla, I'm, I'm I want to use air quotes, but it's not really air quotes. I was vanilla. I'd never heard of BDSM. I never, like before I was thirty, I had never encountered anything to do with that, and. My vanilla, the first man I fell in love with, who was a fit for me, who I is the first one I dubbed a vanilla submissive in that we had no idea about any BDSM stuff, never heard of DS or anything like that. And he was that guy. So right. I thought because I didn't have vanilla girlfriends who I talked to about this stuff, I thought everything I did was normal. So... We had bondage stuff around our bed and I'd tie him up and whatever. I had a list of sex stuff we were going to do and I'd pick one. I'd go, we're doing that. And there was a whole, he was very much a pleaser. So he would do the cooking, he would do the housework, he was all that sort of thing. And the first time I realised that I was not normal, again air quotes, normal, was we were living in a, uh, flat with his uh, best friend and the best friend's girlfriend. So there's four four of us in this flat and they came to talk to us about something and we were in the bedroom and his friend noticed, um, I think we used scarves or something or ties, I don't know what we used, around the bed for bondage. 
And he went, what are they for? And I went, what do you, what do you think they're for? Because I think it's normal, right? And right. he was like, oh, and I'm like, not for me. <laughs> and my, my boyfriend was like going, mm-hmm. And his friend <laughs> was like, big eyes, ooh. And the girlfriend was, ew. And that was the first time, and I was maybe 25, something like that, the first time I thought that it might not be normal. And the men I had been dating had never given me any inkling that it wasn't normal, right? They were all, yes, this is awesome, let's do all the things. And that was the first time I, I saw someone go, this is not normal. And that was a revelation to me. I'm just going, holy shit. Right. So, yeah. Well, it, it's weird because it, because um, what's really, what's bizarre that I find is, and I don't know if this is, like, I guess let me ask you a question first. How many vanilla guys in the last, I don't know, year, whatever you've been doing the vanilla dating, how many vanilla guys have you had that talk with? That what, Sorry. The talk where you've, you've mentioned. Well, so, I mean, your it, it sounds like I've gone on a million vanilla dates, but I have not. I've gone on four or five, I guess. And in the last week, <laughs> I'm so not a dater. Um, <laughs> but only, I think only the last two, I actually mentioned it because I was experimenting with how to mention it. Well, the first one my gentleman who I spoke about on my blog, I mentioned it to him because I liked him and we had three or four dates. So that's unusual for me. Right. Um, the second guy who I mentioned to was more recent and I mentioned it to him because I was experimenting with how it would go if I tried different approaches and he was an arty sort of open-minded right. alternative dude. The ones before that, they were just first dates and I'm not, chucking it out there with someone until I decide I'm actually interested in them because what's the point, right? I want to see if I like them at all first. And with those, some of them I just didn't like them, so I'm not mentioning it. And with the one guy I did like, he actually never asked what what I did because he was not that guy, which is awesome. So I never mentioned it to him either. So really I've only tried twice and I tried two different approaches with those guys. Because it's been interesting. I found, you know, uh, when we were on those dating sites more often, we still, I go on every now and again just to answer messages or something, but um, we would get a lot of messages from couples just who are yes. curious, right? And these are on yep. vanilla dating sites, yep. right? Vanilla-ish, yep. I guess you could say. But anyway, and and we get a lot of messages from couples who are just, well, most of them wanted to know if we would swing with yep. them or something like that. But a lot of them just wanted to- Use you as a testing ground. Know about- <laughs> Well, well they, they wanted to, they had a shitload of questions. And it was either yes. the guy or it was uh, uh, the, the gal in the, you know, well, of course it was going to be either one of those. Um, but- <laughs> It's naturally, it'll be yes. one of the other, yes. you know. <laughs> one but, of them. But usually it was the, right. But usually it was the guy. If it was the guy, he'd, he'd be like, this is really confusing. Uh, like, let me get this straight. You you do this, you know, you, you know, right. what the fuck, you know? 
and, and like one of the first questions is like so you fuck other guys when you want to get fucked then you know the, you're, you know something like this or it would be the woman who's like uh what is that like uh how do i any advice on how to convince so how do you i'm curious because how do you advertise obviously you you advertise as a couple but what do you advertise for um well uh it's kind of funny so so basically ongoing play with switch or submissive female right um uh sod is by and you know that way she Mm -hmm. gets the best Mm -hmm. of both worlds right um and we have limitations of what we won't do with the third person or specifically what i won't Mm -hmm. do with the the other person but you know Mm -hmm. she likes playing with both at the same time i am not gonna complain right um um and so yeah uh, we we had a. Are they the vanilla sites or BDSM sites? Vanilla sites, you said, yeah. Yeah, like okay, Cupid, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because you can say a lot more there, first mm-hmm. of all, uh, and also, um, a fat no. life isn't a dating site, yeah. right? Um, uh, and it, it's just yeah, and we found like we're, we're more interested in a fun person we can hang out with than a specific set of kinks right right yep so uh and we, you know we get a ton of messages and a lot of them are like you know we just get a ton of messages and we mm-hmm. met a bunch of people and we've met some really nice people right yes um um but but because of course we want something ongoing and not a one-time thing most women who are looking for a couple aren't looking for something ongoing right uh, right which is totally fine right yes um yes. but but yeah but we've made some friends which is great um but when they are, none of them have ever had any exposure. Most of them haven't had much exposure to BDSM, period. So it's mm-hmm. a safe way for them to experiment. But also, they have no clue. They had no clue what a submissive guy was, you know, what that was all about. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, huh. And so for them, for a lot of them, like there were questions like, you know, what is that like, you know? And, you know, oh. I'd, I'd say, and, and I'd say, uh, well, it's exactly like what you do, except there's two of us, right? You know, um, <laughs> or or you know, and and make it clear that I'm not the focus of attention here, right? Right. Um, yeah. But a ton of questions and a ton of questions, and uh, you know, people just very confused by, you know, um, like, so wait, so you don't do anything without her saying it when it comes to your own. You know, orgasm. I'm like, like, <laughs> what? What is that like? And like, some people are like, I couldn't do that unless it was like, you know, I jerk off twice a day, and you know, you know, whatever. <laughs> so they're using you as a resource as opposed to being interested in actually what you've asked for. Well, no, no, we get we get plenty of people who asked for those questions. No, I mean right? those people. I mean those people. Right, those people. Yes, those people yeah. are. Yeah, they're like asking questions and stuff. Personal and I'm totally Google. fine. Right. And I'm totally fine with answering those questions because quite frankly, I've, you know, there've been a ton of like lesbian women who've, who've messaged us who just have questions mm-hmm. and uh, I'm more than happy to answer the questions and, you know, Hey, you should check this out, this out. And a lot of them are just really curious, but don't know any, so a lot of people don't even know that there's like kink events, right? right. That kink events are a thing. And yet they've always had these desires, right? See, it's interesting. Cause the one, the one submissive man who, cause I, on my vanilla profile, I 
I think I say something in the main profile about blossoming under the hand of his woman, like wanting someone right. who blossoms under the hand of his woman or something a bit like that. But all my like in my Q&A, they have a lot of very explicit, are you into BDSM? Yes. Are you the dominant or submissive? The dominant, you know, that sort of style. Right. And I had one, I've had so far only one local submissive identified man contact me. And after a few back and forths, he had a very porny idea of what submission was. And right. I, he, I, I was very quick to say like, okay, let's meet and see how we get on. And he, he was scared shitless, which, okay, fine. But I said, okay, well, that's fine. We did, you know, whatever. Gee, I wonder you're, why. You're, yeah, whatever your issues are, I don't care. But I sent him some resources and I said, look, here's some resources that you can read and look up and whatever to get a bit of a better handle on what DS is about. And then he wanted to ask a bunch of questions and I'm just like, no, I'm out. I don't have the energy because I get this and I think, you know, obviously because of my blog and Fet Life and da, 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 I get these questions all the time and I'm not doing it in my dating life. I'm not catering to so that. So you didn't even go on a date with him? He wouldn't meet me. He oh, didn't Jesus want to meet Christ. me. He was so scared he didn't want to meet me. So, so I, he, he contacted me and I went, ooh, submissive, lovely. And we had a couple of exchanges and I said, okay, this is the kind of thing I'm looking for. And he was like, whoa. Because I think his idea was we have some kinky sex, that's it. And right. so he said, well, I think that's a bit much. And I said, okay, fair enough. And here's some resources. And he came back with, oh, oh thank okay. you so much for the resources. Now educate me on all this blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, nah, I'm out. Right. Because that's not, so I- that's, I, w- I will do that from a blog perspective on my podcast, on FetLife, because that's, community service if you like you know i'm not doing it in my dating life i would be curious and i i do not know you know i might exp- i might say this and you'd be like fuck that's too much work no i want to i want to find out this much sooner mm-hmm. um but i would be curious if let's say if tomorrow you get on that vanilla dating site a similar situation where it's clearly a, a guy who's submissive right mm-hmm. who says he's um, submissive you mean yeah, or whatever. Where it's clear that he's kinky and he knows what you're hinting at and whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, or, or maybe it's that same guy, right? Yeah. Let's say it's, it's an alternate universe, that same guy. And instead of you going into the details via message, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, if you like the way he looks and he seems by his profile fairly normal, mm-hmm. I'd be very curious if you said, you know, well, I, I can tell you all about it over a drink, mm-hmm. you know? And and in person, if you had this conversation, I wonder if he would have reacted differently, if it had would gone differently, or if it would have been the same but worse, or you know, or, or something. Because I, I wonder if the just the not being in front of someone, you, you know, all I they're think, all they're yeah. doing is they're looking at this picture of you, uh, and they're just like, uh-huh. and the tone. <laughs> that's a, that's an official noise, by the way. That, that's that a, that's was, what all guys yes, do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a little bit French. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it is. It's Pepe Le Pew. Oh, ma chérie. You are a dominant woman. No. Oh. <laughs> um, I think had I 
I don't think it would have gone better. I think what would have happened is that he would have liked me. I'm very likable. And so he would have pretended or tried to pretend that what I wanted is what he wanted and I would have invested time and effort into him and then he would have bailed because later on he would have gone, now I'm scared. Right. <laughs> so right. I, think, I think that point would have just come later. And I, right. I think that point is is a very common thing for a lot of dominant women, that the point where they go, um, this is too much, I can't with this. Yeah. You said you don't have any fetishes, uh, but you said you like – you're submissive to have fetishes that you can kind of exploit to put to put in a different term, I guess. But um, are there like like these are the one these are the fetishes I would really like a submissive to have so that I can exploit them? Is there like anything specific? Or are you just like I just want an opening? Um, that is a very good question. Kudos to you. <laughs> um, when I got together with my last submissive, he identified as a masochist. And I had never played with a masochist before or had a relationship with masochist. And I honestly thought I do not know what to do with this dude because that's not my wheelhouse. And, right. oh, my God, it was so good. <laughs> it was so good because it's so fucking easy. <laughs> and wait, wait, wait. And it's easy is totally my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Because what, uh, for so I loved it. I loved it. And the reason I loved it is because for a masochist, there are so many ways to get there. There are so many ways right. to just do a thing that makes him tear his skin off and just show his insides. And it's right. great. So great. So I have come to the conclusion that that is a really lovely, fun, varied, awesome way to get into someone's head and psyche is pain play. Are there, uh, well, not the opposite. Are there any fetishes where if you heard someone had that, you'd be like, nope. Other than like something that's like, you know, I really like, cow manure you know yeah. but something you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah i think is there is there like a common one i think i think a very focused fetish is a no for me if they're a fetishist that's a no right so while i i like fetishes my i guess my main interest in ds is pleasing and obedience so that comes first so let's say we have that sorted right in the fetish basket, there are things I'm not interested in. So I'm not really interested in um, sissies and cross-dressing and um, feminization. So they're not things that push my button. Because it's a lot of work. And it is a lot of work. And I think unless it's your thing, it, it is work. So um, right. that's not a thing I'm interested in. There are some like edge things like scat and... Roman showers, I'm not interested in any of that. Right. But other than that, I'm pretty open. If I like someone, I'm pretty open to seeing how their interests play out. So I right. played a little bit with someone whose 
fetishes ran to feet and hands and nails and that was great I loved that that was awesome so that worked out fine so I have a wide range of things that I can play with if it's someone I like and they're the things that allow me to poke around in his psyche then I'm all in that's they they work pretty well I also realized that I don't like I know um, I know that, you know, like you said, you don't have any fetishes, but are there things that you're like, oh, I really enjoy this activity. This is a huge thing for me. And, you know, conditionally, of course, as long as the other person doesn't hate it or something like that. Um, obviously, bondage is probably is obviously one. I I don't. I And when I when I think about that, I think about if they didn't do that, I would I would say no to them. And there is nothing right. of that ilk, I don't think, other than normal relationships. So stuff. I think of it differently. I think of it as you're on a date with a vanilla mm-hmm. guy, or you think it's a vanilla guy, and then it comes out in your conversation that he's actually submissive and you have a lot of similar kinks. Uh, my, my thought is like, okay, you take him home and then what is your what is you're like, ooh, I can't wait to do this. Or is it completely conditional on the person? <laughs> That is a good question. You are full of good questions today. Um, Been saving them up. Yeah. <laughs> I think if I, I mean it's not it's not even a kink for me. It's vulnerability. Like it it really is that. So if I bring him home, right. what I want to see is there are certain things that I like to do which are not kinks. But certain things I like to do and I like to have him respond in a certain way. So, for example, if I take the lead in in kissing, if I get all up in his face, just get all up in his face. I was going to say get all up in his face with blur, but there's no blur. It's just if I get all up in his face or I start to undress him or whatever, I want to see him feel that as an act of dominance and for it to make him feel submissive. And I think that's a, it's not a kink, it's, but it does answer that question of you get him home, how, what do you want to see or what do you want to do? So what I want to see is that when I assert my dominance, he feels it as submission. You know what I mean? So there's that complementary right. thing. So it's not it's very much not about acts. It's about that cycle of energy that you have with each other. That's what I want to see. So the acts are pretty much irrelevant to me. Uh no, I was just telling Saad, we took a brief break and I was telling Saad about our conversation a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she asked a question that I think I've asked you almost everything, uh, all 72 times you've been on the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that is like, uh, why don't you go to kink events? Because I don't and, like it. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. It's not complicated. That's what I said. That's, that's what I said. That's what I said. And uh, to which she said, it really sucks. It really sucks. Like a lot of them really suck you know, going out there and putting yourself out there and all that stuff. Uh, but she said it really sucks, but it can be worth it. 
Did you she know. meet? Did she meet you at a kink event? No, she did not. Just yes, saying. Did. We did meet at a kink event. Did you? Oh, I thought yeah. you met when you found her and asked for an interview. Well, no, I met her before that. I met her that I met her before that. I, I asked <gasps> for the interview because we met. Oh no! There goes my theory. Yeah, no, we were at a. Uh, I don't know how much this is. She was dating someone at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and um, apparently we had like mutual friends who had known that we would get along or something like that, but knew that, and I knew the guy she was dating. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we were at a a party, and I started talking to her. Just I never would have normally talked to her because I was scared shitless. <laughs> Um, but this was a really small party. Right. She had a fucking mohawk at the time. Right. right? Yes. I grew up at a farm. I right. grew up on a farm. Midwestern you don't boy. don't talk to girls with, you don't talk to girls with mohawks. Right. They will kill you. They will stab you in the heart. Right. Which by the way, jury's still out on that. Mm-hmm. Might still happen. Mm-hmm. Y- even though the mohawk's gone. Yeah. It's still there in spirit. And you will love it. So, uh, right. Yes, that's right. I'm like, <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Um, um, but anyway, um, this, this was a play party. We didn't play anything like that, but, um, um, I was, uh, I was wearing leather pants, which is all I have for kink wear. Mm -hmm. And I was about to leave and, uh, the guy she was dating said, Hey, I think she might want to play with you. And I was like, because he was sort of a dominant, right. And, uh, they sort of like went out outside for their their kink mm-hmm. play, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. <gasps> I did not know that any and of this. Like, this is so fascinating. Do continue. And I, I was like, for I was like, that's kind of weird because I'm going to get really turned on around your girlfriend. Um, but also, I was like scared shitless. I was not prepared to because I, I knew what would happen. I would is is she'd like start like she'd just barely touch me. I'm like, I love you, Mary. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But. But but in all honesty, like I, I at this point in my life, I had I had assumed that I was not going to meet someone for that kind of relationship, right? right? I I had res- I had basically said, I'm just going to be a slut for the rest mm-hmm. of my life and mm-hmm. just have sex with vanilla women, have sex with any kinky people I can, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I just basically that's what I did. Well, shortly after uh, we <coughs> met, we we actually went to wait, a couple parties. Wait. Wait, we, you didn't finish hmm? that story. So he said, I think she may want to. Oh, I, I left. He said, he said, I think she might play. I'm like, oh, I got to go. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> no, I was not. Right. Okay. So when you say you. Always leave right, one so more. When you, Always leave when you one say, more. I was not prepared and I was shit scared. You mean, no, really. And then I ran. <laughs> right. No. Well, well I, I, in my defense, I, I had gone with a friend. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would have been rude to not go back with that okay. friend too. That, that, but that all was right, my out. Right. That was my out. If I, it's an excuse. It's not. I mean, it was what I used as an excuse to be. But it was quite still honest. the truth, I mean, so you can out. use it. Right. I, right. But at the same time, even if that wasn't <laughs> happening, I would have lied and said I have to wake early in the morning right. or something. Okay. Because I was like. I knew this guy, mm. right? And I got along with him and we had mutual friends. And I was going to be like, I'm going to be so hot after your girlfriend. It's not even <laughs> funny. It's just uncomfortable and wrong, right? Um, but anyway, 
uh, so I left, and then we we like ran into each other like a week later at, an, at mm-hmm. another party, right? And um, and she in, and I didn't know she was there until again I'm wearing leather pants, and she will swear that leather pants were the only reason why she approached <laughs> me. Uh, I'm s- standing there, and I feel this hand on my ass, grabbing my ass, and I was like, "Well, that's interesting. That never happens." And I'm, whoa, hey. <laughs> Um, uh, and they broke up shortly after, but any, but anyway, in between them breaking up and, uh, and that like grab hand Mm -hmm. on the ass type of thing, which nothing really happened right between us other than that is, um, uh, I said, Hey, do you want to do the podcast? You know? And that's, so when you hear the podcast, that first episode where you hear me knowing she's dating Mm -hmm. someone I know, knowing there's no chance in the world but that there still was like an opportunity mm-hmm. for play some way, you know, anyway, <gasps> that's why it was. So I stressful. did not know but anyway, that. We met at a kink event. That. that was a good story. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we met at a kink event. Uh, that's what I'm saying. And I'm, I'm saying, even though it's a pain, I think, so, I mean, so, let me say, I this. think you, I went to a kink event in February. I, yes. Not only did I year? go to a kink event, I invited a couple of kinksters to my house before the event and then they invited two of their friends who had two more of their friends <laughs> so I had six and? kinky people in my house before the event and then we all went to the event together and no and did you fine. have fun I don't I, you know it was okay and but that was just I know, but one... I went not only right. to a kink event, I invited kinky people that I did not know to my house. So I went above and beyond. Come on now. And they were love they were lovely. Yeah, but and you... I went to the kink event and like with all of these things where and I know, I know, if you go more it will be different. But I spend a lot of time I'm not that interested in watching people play, so that's not that interesting to me anymore. So I stood around watching a bit of that and then scoping out for men I might want to talk to because I am like that. And I spoke to one man who was very cute and on his own and when I looked at his profile he was not submissive. And when I asked him for his FetLife profile and he gave it to me and I messaged him on there, I think we had two pleasant exchanges and then that was that. So I... Went there, I scoped it out, I hung around a lot, I chit-chatted to a bunch of people and then I left. They're non-play events. Yeah, yeah but I, so, so. They're munches, I, you know. I made an effort like a few years ago for that because I thought oh, I should do that and I just, I just can't. I, there was one male submissive at, like I live in a small place, right? So there was one. It's not like New York. <laughs> These are not big events where there's a whole plethora of people. <laughs> so, so I, I so totally I went know. To I know yeah. this month. I think twice. I met a submissive man there who I played with once or twice, but he was not, you know, he was not partner ready or material or whatever. We did not click in that way, right. and. I so literally so you went to one when I went to the, I went to two I think munches but there are no submissive men at these events there just aren't 
So when I went to you went to two munches and you played played half you have a 50% success rate with play because he was munches. the only submissive man there and he was nice and that was it yeah yeah but yeah but, 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 that but what time. i'm saying right, here listen, is that I'm it's not, not like new york to... where you go if you keep going there will be a whole bunch of new people there that's not how it works yeah if you go again there will be the same people there <laughs> well some of us moved to a bigger city. Yeah, well, I live at the beach, baby. Come on. Some of us are willing to move to a bigger city in order to, uh, but you know. I I got the beach. I got the surf. <laughs> yeah, you might so, have um, uh, kinky and, people, and, and I got seagulls. Also, also, Australia is just smaller, right? That's so true. the That's closest true. city. You're on a is fucking island. Every place a few million has a... people. Sydney, you know, if I wanted a big kink population, I'd have to move to Sydney or Melbourne and that's not going to happen. So, yeah, I, and I, I understand that. But the other thing of it is that the people that I would meet at kink events are 80%, I want to say 90, 90% invested in the kink community and that's, their social life, and that's not what I do. I'm not interested in that. So the fact that they're there makes them less likely to be compatible with me, you know what I mean? Well, I know a lot of people who uh, were invested in the kink community until they found a primary partner. Is that you? Right. Well, I, I mean, um, I don't know. We, we would go to events quite a bit even after we got together, right? Mm. But um, I think but I think what, Saad was quite quite because she was working as a professional also. But I think she was quite involved in the community and right. But but also you know uh, there was you know when you, when you were working that way as opposed to having a different type of job, mm-hmm. it takes on a completely different. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, because yes, that's that's sort of your life, and so it's yes. totally. Whereas when you when you're working a complete job or going to school full time, you don't have the energy to go out and you know, get completely dressed up yes. or whatever, right? Yes. But I know a lot of people who just don't go to kink events anymore because they found a primary partner because right. that was the main reason why they went in, right? Yep. Um, but anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to keep berating you about this. <laughs> All I'm saying is, and uh, I'll t- I'll tell you, you know what you should do? You, you should you... move to New York City. <laughs> I should. We no. can take you on a tour. <laughs> When I when I went to LA and met E, who is on my blog, and that was quite a few years ago, now he for ages afterwards he was going, you should just move to like we did not gel together, but he, for ages afterwards he's going, you should just move to LA. There's plenty of submissive. <laughs> right. So yeah, I should just move. That's exactly right. I should just move to LA. I should move to New York. I do like New York better than LA. I have to say. Um, here's here is what you could do here's what you could do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is you could um i don't know what the exchange rate is but i think for one of your dollars you can probably get a year's rent here no it's the, other, assuming... it's the other way around for one know, of my I dollars i could get well, but... maybe a single stick of chewing gum off the, off the pavement that someone is guarding <laughs> as their domain and i could say right one cent for that used piece of chewing gum that you were sitting over and they would go maybe well but you're missing you're missing the big add-on is that 
if you if you get anything, if like you reach down and just grab anything randomly off the sidewalk, mm-hmm. there's an eighty percent chance it'll be a syringe. <laughs> ex- Free ex- syringes. Excellent. Excellent. That's our healthcare program. <laughs> um, but here's what you could do: you could actually come to New York for a week, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You could go to a different munch every day, mm-hmm. right? And then you would have you would have a submissive. You can bring check in with your luggage on the way back, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and no one would notice. Uh, It'd have to be very tiny. Well, no, very, very tiny like, submissive. Right. Well, his last name is Samsonite or something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but that's a luggage brand that we have here in America. I, my, um, toy, my toy suitcase, lockable, orange number is a Samsonite. So theoretically, okay, I go. already have a kinky, kinky Samsonite under my bed. Per- perfect. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, saying that, I'm saying that I think you would be blown away at all the different events and all the different things and, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. That's yeah, what I'm I appreciate saying. that. Thank you. Um, well, if I ever get there, I will be going. It's your job now to entertain me. Well, what would be funny is we'd we'd record a podcast in person, and it would just suck because we're not used to yeah, talking face to face. We'd be like, "Oh, this is awkward <laughs> and weird." Right. Who are you anyway? Get out of my face! Why is she drinking the whole time? <laughs> that too. <laughs> I'll be going. Get me more champagne. But, what are you um, doing? So I have a uh, – oh, by, by the way, we should say uh, you've got a couple books out and it's, it sounds like you're working on another <gasps> couple. Oh, oh, look, I have a question on my – I was just I was just checking my Twitter to see if anybody had asked questions. <laughs> and someone, someone has. has. I have a question in, in capitals. Why are you so unbelievably charming and beautiful? It's because you don't have an accent, isn't it? Well, I don't. They're talking they about me. Talking about you. I think they are. Yes. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, that is a, that is a question. That is a question. But I think that any answer that you could give would just sound, uh, uh, you know, very self-serving for the point of my, the podcast. My answer right? is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but let's talk about your, you've got a couple books. Uh, you've got um, the Real Femdom Stories 1 and mm-hmm. 2. And you said you're working on a couple more. I have. So what I have out is my heart and soul, the Dom Chronicles Erotica, which is a few years old now, right. but it's still me in a book, which I love so much. I have... Um, Two Happy Femdom Stories volumes, which are real-life stories, and you are in volume two, I think. You might even be in volume one. I think I'm in volume one. See, I got to you early, Um, which are real-life stories of female-dominant male-submissive relationships that are hopeful and uplifting and completely awesome. And so busy. I have three um, how-to femdom um, guides. One is for submissive men, how to write an online profile. 
because so many of them are so bad and it makes me very sad. (laughs) The second one is also for Submissive Man, How to Find a Dominant Woman. So once you've got your profile, you can't just sit there. You've got to do some shit and you've got to do it in a way that makes sense. Related, I got an email this morning, bless, from a 20-something local boy who essentially said, you sound so awesome and I want to experiment with submission. How about it? And I'm just. How, how, so how was the play? <laughs> and if I, I mean, honestly, if I was into casual play, that would probably, even then, that would probably not pique my interest because you're basically going you're a carnival ride can I get on it (laughs) which is very unappealing so anyway how to find a dominant woman is on there and the third one which is um actually the one that is um the most successful and I am curious actually whether this is because dominant women seek and find and will go to an effort for information. The third one is how to make your first BDSM scene amazing and it's for dominant women. And I think maybe part of that is that um, dominant women are hungry for information and that is the guide that I wish I had when I was a baby dom because nobody will tell you how to to do it because they want to say, right, do what you want, like some version of do what you want, which is not helpful at all. And and I right. get where that's coming from. They don't want to be prescriptive and the guide is not prescriptive. It's like a framework to get newbie dominant women, give them some practical, actionable advice where they can go through a bunch of steps that are not prescriptive but give them some steps for them and their partner to go through so that they end up with something that works for them. And honestly, it's about headspace. It's about confidence. It's about um, safety. It's about actually finding things that work for the two of you. And when I, and I think it's the same now, like when I was a baby Dom and I, I'm a very logical kind of rational person. And I just wanted someone to tell me what to do (laughs) and it's so frustrating because I get that no one wants to tell you what to do because there's no one true way or blah, 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 blah. But the downside of that is that no one will help you in a way that is useful. (laughs) And, man, that makes it hard. Right. So that is the book that I wish I'd had when I was a baby, Tom. And I'm working on some things that if I say them out loud, it it should make it more likely that I'm going to finish them, right? Ooh. So I might. So that's I'm why I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, and we'll see what comes out. Oh, okay. Because I say things, Great. and I I think, oh well, if I say it out loud, it's going to make me do it, and then I don't anyway. But if I say it out loud in enough places, then so I have a um a fiction book that I've been sitting on that is kind of femdom after the apocalypse. And I have, I've got maybe 15,000 words written in that 
piece of fiction. Wow. And I have not been able to get the impetus up to finish it. So I have that I'm working on, which is my very first piece of, I guess, femdom novel-y, fiction-y thing. Is, is this the one where uh, it's after the apocalypse, uh, there's only one male left, his name is Axe, and the rest of the world is dominant women? <laughs> I knew it. Because that's the one. I've been thinking about that book all the time, for a long time. Finally, someone got the guts to write Unspeakable it. things happen to this boy called Axe. And, in fact, as a nickname, they call him Unspeakable Axe. What a coincidence, right? Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Holy cow! How's that even possible? So, so, so this is a this is you've got fifteen hundred words, and fifteen thousand. That's what I said. Fifteen thousand words. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I was. Uh, it's the uh, I, I was talking in. You're talking in metric words. <laughs> I was talking. That, in. That's obviously it. So that has been in the works for a good twelve months, and I did a run at it, and I got to a certain point, and then it it got a bit difficult, and I have put it aside, which I need to I need to get back on that. Plus, the other thing I have in the works is the next uh, how-to book for dominant women where the, there's a post on my blog that is about what to do when your submissive says no. And it is one of the most popular um, blog posts that I have. And so I'm looking at a another how-to guide that is how to discipline your sub, and it it will cover and it, same as my other guide. It's going to be short, sharp, actionable for certain circumstances. And the thing that I think um, newbie dominants struggle with most is if your submissive doesn't comply, they're at a complete loss of what to do, and what. They hear, I guess, from the femdom world is, oh, you you beat him and then he's going to do what you say and obviously that doesn't work, right? So it's a – what I'm looking at is a guide to help them through that process in order to get the, the outcome that they want as opposed to the porny femdom solution which – they hear about everywhere and which clearly does not work and will never work. So I have that in the works and I have this idea. See, I have these ideas. I'm saying them out loud. Maybe one will stick. I have this other idea of an audio um, Patreon where I do audio porn pretty much. So my aim is to do um, audio versions of my Dumb Chronicles erotica and I have not been able to pull the trigger on that because I struggle to figure out what kind of tiers to have in that. Patron's very complicated, plus the fact that they don't like, they don't like adult content. So I have been sitting on that for a while and my, my objective with that is to offer like, I don't know, fortnightly stories from my Dom Chronicles book. So there's erotic stories that come out every fortnight and then just random things. So maybe just random erotica and if you get have a higher tier, maybe you can make suggestions and I will do those. 
So, um, so the question I have, because I, I, this is something that I, I have noticed, and I kind of started writing about it. I haven't obviously published anything yet, but so I found, I found out that that uh, I, I was like desperate to do anything for her after a really intense placing, right? Like, like she's kind of casually said things like, you know, it might be fun if you got a Prince Albert, right? right. Or <laughs> things like this, right? And I was just like, eh, you know, I mean, I will if you want me to, you know, but after I was like, I was Googling like Prince Albert's, you know, <laughs> you know or, or, or just whatever. Are they open now? Well, yeah, but just like desperate for, to, for just anything to, to reciprocate, right? Yes. Because in my mind, because I'm submissive, I don't know what someone, why someone would get pleasure out of doing stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so in my mind, I have to like, I have to give back somehow because she did this amazing stuff, right? Oh. Whereas I can't, because I can't, I can't fathom. I don't know if it's, it's sort of like, um, uh, it's, it's, it's not guilt. It's not guilt. It is, maybe it's a little guilt, but it's most, it's, it's sort of like, oh my God, it's, uh, you know, it, it's like, it, it, I can't believe that, uh, you know, she bought me this car and I just bought her brunch one day. You know, it's right. one of those types of things, right? Yes. And, um, and, and I don't know, first off, I don't know if dominance ever feel that, um, which I, usually I imagine you can tell that the submissive's having a really good time, but the submissive maybe is always in such a fog that they can't tell or something. I don't know, but I don't know. It's not guilt. It's something else where it's like a desperation to do more, right? To reciprocate. To, to reciprocate, but, but uh, uh, as though, as though she, the reciprocation was, was not already done, right? Because right? in there, her mind, there was the reciprocation no value was the act. in what you gave, right? Yes, because because I can't fathom why a dominant would enjoy doing that. But right? but you're several years into this relationship, you don't feel that now, right? No, I, I experienced it like a week ago. <gasps> really, that is so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, I could imagine if and you were if you were casually playing that you would experience that. I'm surprised that you in a long-term relationship and marriage feel that. That is so interesting. Yeah, no. It, yeah. And I totally know that she t- totally dug it. You know, she's always, you know, wasn't even my idea, right? So it's like, but it was just like, don't know what what it is, but and just like, it's a compulsion to just like, just do, what do you want to do? You know, do you want me to go hire the Dallas cheerleaders? Kill a bear. You know, I'll go kill you know, a bear. Kill, I, I will kill a bear. <laughs> so let me ask you. With my eyelids. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Is it is it still because, is it? I mean, you said that, but I'm going to ask anyway. Is it because you don't see that she is getting as much out of it? Or is it some just intense desire to do more? Like, I cannot show you how much I love this, so let me do all the things. Well, first of all, if I wasn't in such a sub-doubt haze, I could easily see that she was enjoying Mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easy to tell that she's enjoying Mm -hmm. it. But uh, I think it's probably both a combination of more, 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 and a combination of just like, how do you possibly show 
depreciation and you know something of equivalent you know right it's just it's just and it's totally you know i'm don't get me wrong i'm glad i feel this way and not the other way like she really owes me for that <laughs> i did this stuff for, she I did totally this stuff owes for me her. she should be grateful <laughs> right yeah yeah but i don't know i just don't i don't know i i, I was wondering if dominants ever feel that too if like they if they ever feel like um you know may, maybe if it was a, a, a vanilla guy or something i, I can't i can't speak for dominance in general but i have never felt that no i what i have always felt if i'm going to play with someone is that it is entirely mutual and i think one of the reasons i started i stopped doing casual play is it be, is because i felt like i was more doing it for them and that did not feel right to me like not not right. that it didn't feel right it didn't feel good and i think that part of the reason that i with casual play for me there's two things one is that i had to create a false emotional intimacy which i can do and i'm capable of doing that and i must do in order to enjoy it and the second thing was that after it's over that bubble of false intimacy highlights all the things that I'm that I don't have and that makes me feel bad right so right i think there's a there's part of that is then that that was not worth it which is a different thing from what you're talking about but there is that that kind of feeling yeah. of disconnect where i create and feel this emotional intimacy but it's not real and i think if i don't create that little bubble of emotional intimacy then i feel that thing where i am doing it for him right and i have only done right. that maybe once or twice ever because that is not enjoyable for me so then i i think i feel that thing where which a lot of i think dominant women talk about because they take a little longer to learn that lesson. So they get involved in these things and they feel they've been used or they've been taken advantage of or they're doing it for him or whatever. And I think a lot of new dominants do a lot of that and it takes them ages to realise that that's not a position of power for them or it's not a position of goodness right. for them. So I think from that perspective, I think that is a thing that happens but it's the other way around. Right. I have never, ever done, well, played shit. with someone and thought I haven't given enough. And I think part right. of that is because once I'm in, I'm all in. I don't, I don't fuck about, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I, oh I, I don't know. You're so vague. <laughs> I don't fuck around, if you know what I mean. I don't know. Please expand on that. <laughs> and I think I think I tried to do. I wrote about it in my blog a little bit. I tried to do a casual play partner thing with the the Kugeling, who is a beautiful six foot three, amazing specimen of a man who I got along well with, and we decided that maybe we could do a casual thing. And the when he did come up to 
see if that would work. It did not. It just did not work because I couldn't give anything into that relationship or into that interaction. I'm just not good at it. So that was a valuable lesson learned. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's good that you know that. I mean, because a lot of people keep doing stuff that they don't le- learn from, right? So at least that's yes. the... And that, that's the first time I've actually tried that version of it where I know him, where we tried for a relationship, where it didn't quite work out. And I thought, but still, I like him and we got along well and let's see if we can do some casual thing. But no, nah, it was not good. Right. Well, you uh, come to New York for a week. We'll have a ticker tape parade for you. I would like one of those. Uh, they'll be lined up. <laughs> they'll be lined up uh, to uh, to meet. You'll basically have to like take them in waves. Uh, they'll just be lined up, and you can pick well, one and go to, home. You've got to find one who's either a willing to pay for this long distance relationship thing, or b willing to pay for this long distance relationship and then move. <laughs> Well, no, that's just it. You're, no, you you meet them and then you will bring that, them back that is, with you. That that's is how not it works. how it works. Because unless I'm there, unless that's I'm there for the a good st- three months, which again, somebody has to pay for that, right? Uh, right. I will not have enough time to know if I want to bring them back with me. A week and a half then. <laughs> oh, that's plenty um, of time. It'll be fine. <laughs> right. Well. Uh, I, I always enjoy it because, you know, you don't – just like me now, you don't have a set schedule for the pod, your podcast. So I always enjoy it whenever I see it pop up in my feed. And so it's always good. And A surprise. Um, it's a people surprise. People should definitely subscribe. It's, it, it is a good surprise too because um, it's a lot of fun and it's just you talking and it's just a lot of fun. Thank it's you. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Um, but thank you for doing this again. And – I can't wait for us to do it again. I'm sure it'll be fun again. But uh, and and your your blog is always uh, an enjoyable read, and it makes me feel guilty for not writing whenever I read. Thank it, you so. for the compliment, um, and you must write. <laughs> That's all. 